You're listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 360. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, who was so excited to talk about the third and final season of Dark. He bashed in the studio door with a rock. That said, here we are for what's, you know, dude, really kind of emerged as our flagship genre series here on Sci-Fi yeah. TV Rewatch. Yep. We, we hitched it to a, a shooting star, though, because... We're down to our last eight episodes. I know, I know. Yeah. And and Travelers was good to us, and that was certainly a, a quality series to podcast about. But, you know, the, the shows like Dark almost are generational. I mean, Lost was certainly in that, you know, genre. But e- even then, it was, as we've talked about many times, released once a week. And you had time to really savor it. And, dude... I can't tell you how many times I typed up a Facebook message to you last night, basically saying, all right, put your hand on a Bible. Have you watched Beyond 301? Because I'm (laughs) dying here. And I figured if you told me you'd watched it, I was going to watch it. (laughs) So I did not. uh, I I have no Bible to put a hand on. But uh, yeah, I've only watched uh, 301 so far. Like I said, we're... We're going this a um, one step at a time, you know. I, as I said, I've made no promises, but uh, you know, baby steps, and I'm working through this. But well, to take eight weeks to watch this thing, I mean, come on. Well, and, and here's the deal, you, <laughs> you know, you go to Netflix, and you know, you go to Dark, and it shows you the little column of net uh, of Dark episodes, and the caps uh the uh episode recaps give stuff away yeah as do the titles and yeah yeah, dude i don't know if i can hold out so i'm just (laughs) gonna throw that out there right now and you and i can talk about it (laughs) after we're done but well you know even after watching this one i'm like predictions i'm like okay you know like i just really had one thing as far as something to, to speculate upon, a, a, a quote-unquote prediction. Like, everything else is just straight up talking about what's going on in the episode and everything, so. Well, you we know, shall see. Um, we, we are we are but men. Yes. We are, we are flesh. If you prick us, we bleed. Yes. Um, <laughs> now, we do want to welcome a new patron, Karen from Colorado, and she's got some feedback for us later that we'll get to in that segment, but... Uh, you know, as we always say, we appreciate all our patrons. We'll, we'll uh, do a shout out next time because, you know, we, we've got so much to talk about with this episode. And in the tip of the week, what we're watching, I'm just going to re- be really quick. Uh, my wife and I are almost finished season one of Once Upon a Time. And, and this is a series that that has 22 episode seasons. So mm-hmm. it's quite a haul, but we're really loving it. Also working my way through season two of the Netflix fantasy horror magic series, The Order. And I don't want to call it a guilty pleasure because that always implies that the show is not really any good. But it's good. I don't know that I'd want a podcast about it, but it's enjoyable. And, you know, I knock out an episode. You don't lerve it, but you like it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So what are you watching? So I... You know, I don't know if you've seen this movie. You sh- if you haven't seen this movie, you should see this movie. And that's Ford versus Ferrari. Have you seen it? Well, I haven't seen that one, but there have been several documentaries documenting yeah. that 
conflict that I have seen. The movie and, was so good. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to it because I'm a car guy and a, and a racing. I know you're guy. a car guy. Watch this. This is like this is right up Dave's alley, man. He would he would absolutely love this movie. Yeah, so. I'm definitely going to see that. That's so. the last time I'll say Lerv. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> it's right. probably crossed the threshold. But yeah, it was it was so awesome. It should really be called Ford versus Ford, you know, because you think like it really does not play into the external conflict between these two companies so much as the internal conflicts within the Ford company itself. And especially Matt Damon's character uh, and um, Christian Bale and these two guys who I know Ken Miles and uh, Carol um, Shelby. Shelby, right? Who are both like I'm not like a car guy, but I knew those names. You know, like I, I heard those names before, and uh, you know, it was really about them creating art almost. You know, like putting together the best car that they could, and kind of having to either buck or work with the system in order to do that. Great movie. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, so actually, but could I? I would, I would like. Sure. Can can we just have a little bit of time at the beginning to? for me to uh, bring up some of the stuff from seasons one or two that, that came to me as I watched season two again last week. Sure. It's not a lot. First thing that I'm almost, I'm, I'm up to like 95% sure that the guy who gets pickaxed at the beginning of season two is Bartosh. Okay. And I know I was probably up there with that saying that Bartosh was Noah. And I understand my failure, and here is why I try to avoid making predictions. I'm pretty sure that was Bartosh, though. Well, I think at the time we said that the character really did look like an older Bartosh. So, yeah, I, yeah I, I'm, I'm with you on that. And then right after it, Adam asks the older Noah about Bartosh and says that he was always too trusting. So even though he's asking the older Noah, we uh, assume about what's going on in 2019, the fact that he mentions Bartosh right after that makes me feel very strongly. And then, of course, the yeah, the character looks so much like it. This time, which is, it must be my, I'm probably on my, my fourth or fifth time watching season two, but I feel a lot more compassion. And this actually, I think, came out in, in this episode of 0301, the amount of sympathy I, I started to feel for characters that I had felt a lot of antipathy for before that being hannah regina bartosh and noah like all four of those characters i had spoken very harshly of and this time around i'm you know i I started to see them in more human terms and i guess it's part of we'll talk about here is is especially when you see the comparison between the alt world and and winden that we know um i wouldn't say no in love we love the show, but Wyndon, I don't know if I'd want to live there. You know, just starting to feel that, see, seeing more human elements, and even someone who, <clears throat> who Hannah, who does some pretty terrible things, but also there, there are some elements there where, especially when her husband has killed himself, her son has disappeared, and she's just all alone. There's that moment there where she has the gun, she almost, and she points at her own head for a little bit, and we see the depths of her despair you know so we feel for a little bit more four crosses in 2053 did you ever catch that detail i don't know if you talked about it no i know what you're talking about but yeah so it's alexander voler yana and marta 
are the four crosses. And I have no idea so far that has not necessarily taken any specific significance, especially Waller in there seems to be the the WTF in there. But anyway, one thing that is, is going to, I just want to put this out there now because I did write this in my notes before I watched 0301. But, you know, when Noah in the end of season two gives jo- Jonas, middle-aged Jonas, a note from Martha, and he reads it and he says, that's impossible. And then I think that's what he says. Um, and then he leaves to go save Magnus, Bartosh, and Francisca. If he is being handed a note, he says it's impossible, then he hasn't experienced what he's about to experience, you know? Okay. Like, he, he all, 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 Martha, all, Martha never, he, he never had an experience with her. So, and, and that's going to definitely come up at the end of, of this episode, Right. Okay. I just want to put that out there now because I totally picked up on that at the end of season two before I even watched this episode. I just want to put that out there to show how much of a genius I am. And, uh, oh, the only other thing was, uh, when Katarina is told about time travel and she just laughs, I think that's still like the best reaction of everyone to to time travel. Anyway, so that was the, the, the last of, of my notes. Uh, instead of waiting to the end of the uh, the podcast to, to get all those in, I figured I'd do it at the beginning. Okay, good. Well, I'm just glad you didn't say uh, you were feeling sympathetic towards Ulrich because Ulrich appears to be a dick in all universes. Right. Well, you know, it's, it's so funny. I, I might as well you know, start off with that, right? Because I think we, we feel some sympathy for him, the original Ulrich 1.0, because we see that he does everything that he does to because he's he's trying to find his son you know he goes all these extremes uh in order to find Mickle and bring him back and we can see probably that part of that what fuels him is the fact that this has already happened to him before but yeah take away that and that's actually really everyone in alt world take away the gravitas and the tragedy from their lives and here's what you got Right, because well, in their world, Michael hasn't killed himself. Michael hasn't disappeared. You know, the only person who something bad was really has happened to is Regina. Uh, technically, I guess you could say Katarina, but you could also make a case that probably the family's a little bit better off without Ulrich around because he's an a hole in that world. Well, he was cheating on Katarina in Winden One as well, but uh, right. You know. Right, but the, so we get that at first, right? But then right after that, he goes into my kid's missing mode and goes into action hero mode. So we kind of brush aside that fact, especially since he blows off him. But we, we had talked about that, is like that he's kind of a jerk because he expects that he can just blow off Hannah now and just say it's done, go away, and that she will go away, right? And that he, he doesn't you know address... The feelings that she has developed for him, the the, the lady tells him sh- that she loves him, and he just says, "You're beautiful." And he he does that even w- when she's pregnant. He still does that. Yeah. So this is like if if Mikkel never disappeared, this is probably what Ulrich would have been like in the original Winden as well. Okay. Well, well, let me get some of the uh, 
details in before we go any further. Uh, right. Episode 301 titled Deja Vu, written by Yante Frisia, directed by Baron Bo Odar, who has directed all the episodes of Dark so far. Released June 27th, 2020. We got a new title sequence. The mirrored image now makes sense to us. Did yeah. you feel like there was a lot of sexual imagery in the title sequence or is it just um, my dirty mind it's probably your dirty mind actually okay. but no um it also could be i i just really didn't super pay attention during that part i mean i skip it all the time well, Even, i always watch it the first time yeah yeah i watch it the first time and then kind of and I, and I know in this show because when i was again watching season two again and i actually i, I watched this the title sequence on the last episode and look at him like, oh, yeah, yeah, there's some stuff kind of in there, you know, but um, yeah, mostly disregard it. We got enough spoilers with the trailer. I don't need more. Yeah. Now, you already mentioned in the alt Winden that Jonas Conwell doesn't exist because Mickle didn't travel back to 1986. I guess we have to feel as if someone else is going to travel in Winden 2 to set up a similar situation with Martha and, and yet. what's that? And yet, well, so far we don't really know, but do Jonas and alt Martha find the origin and then create a new world? I mean, that seems to be where we're headed. And I think you mentioned last time, the Adam and Eve motif. And on the one hand, after watching 301, I feel like I know exactly where we're going. I'm not sure whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, assuming I actually know what I'm talking about. But right. all the pieces are out there for us. So, I mean, do you have an idea of who might be the person to be taken out of the equation so another character can go back in time or... Uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't know. I mean, is that is that a necessity? I mean, we haven't. I think it's an establishment that someone has to leave if someone con. You know, uh, you know. I mean, obviously, Mads has had disappeared. Though he in this universe, Mads is considerably older than Ulrich, and Ulrich would have been just would have been very young when when Mads disappeared. Because his student tickets is 1973, and he looks older than he was before. So, you know, he was like 15 in 1973. Ulrich would have only been two or three years old. Oh, you? Oh, I thought it said that's when he was born in 1973. No, so maybe I misread that then. Um, which, that, which is certainly that, a possibility, right? Or, or I did that, which is also a possibility. Um, I just I feel like the, the student ticket from the original Mads. Said 1980, like the school year on it. The nightmares are something that we've talked about throughout the first two seasons. Are we ever going to learn the contents of them? You know, we're, we're, you know, brought face to face with the play Ariadne again. And that line ripped from my sleep by the one who wants to sever the tie. So, you know, it, it does seem as if both Martha and Jonas are ripped from their sleep. We don't really know what they're seeing in their dream. And, you know, we may never know for sure. Well, and- with Jonas, we did in the first episode. 
because he he dreams of Mich- of Michael. Oh, that's true. His, his right. father, right? And then right. he wakes up, and then but the, and then he's not even like he has like a, he has like a double dream, right? Okay. Like he he wakes up gasping. I think his first dream was of Mickle, which is weird because Mickle hadn't disappeared yet. So why is he dreaming of Mickle? Right. Okay. All right. I, I think I, I, I had to put like a little flag on it. I, I meant to go back and watch that scene again because I know it's important now. Because all the times you see people jump up gasping uh, from their sleep, and we see Marta here doing the same thing, that obviously it's important. There's, you get this really strong feeling on the rewatch that this idea of what is real and what's not you know i don't i don't think it's going to be like a a new heart thing at the end when Jonas is going to wake up and be like wow what a what a effed up dream that was man boy let me tell you about what my dream was hey dad hey mom how you doing i don't think that's gonna be it but i think how how it all plays out is going to be really tied in with this idea of dreaming and, and everything and and i think that even more so even even though i just that Easter egg that I, I sent you with the the Shining Twins. Oh yeah, that was um, great. And, and if you guys didn't see it, it's on the Facebook group, so you can check it out there. At first, I thought it was just well, that's very clever little insertion, little movie reference uh, for your, the, the, your those who are paying attention. There's also right before that, you got like three guys, I think three guys dressed as like the Grim Reaper, also. So it's November fourth. And I, I meant to look this up, and, and again, this, you see how lazy I am. I didn't do that either. I was just wondering why everyone is dressed up in this school on November fourth. Um, but anyway, back to the the Shining Twins. So at first, I thought, well, okay. It, at first, I was kind of creeped out because after watching Hill House, anytime you see something like that, you're like, ah, it's a ghost, right? Well, well, the thing I thought about it, because like you, I was wondering why the three guys, I did notice them as a Grim Reaper. I'm assuming it was related to Halloween. And to go further back, we're led to believe that this is their first day of school. And I went and did research school in Germany. And while it doesn't appear they celebrate Thanksgiving in Germany, they do have a winter break. So... Maybe the kids just got back and missed Halloween, and this was their chance to dress up because, as we know, teenagers love any chance they get to dress up and go to school that way. So November 4th in 2019 was a Monday, and Halloween would have been the Thursday before that. Right, but they they might have been on holiday is what I'm getting at. Right, right. They have a a, a mid-winter break or whatever, so... But so you show up to the first day of school dressed up in the costume? Like, come on. Oh, why not? But uh, I I, because what got me thinking that was, you know, and, and it was the same thing in season one that um, Ulrich says, you know, I was late because it's the first day of school and there was a long line. And then we are in that classroom scene and Bartosh is giving this talk about black holes. And I'm thinking like, on the first day of school yeah. <laughs> and, and then i went back and like okay they were probably on a break that yeah. you know w- was a bit longer but uh, uh the other thing i wanted to bring up is whether or not gina steiblitz who plays francesca if she and 
Moritz Jan, who plays Magnus, aren't dating in real life. Yikes. I don't know about you, but that <laughs> sex scene was pretty intense. And yeah. I'm not saying I watched it like four or five times, kept going, but Paris wow. thought. Um, yeah. Um, well, you know, we, we just, we, we can't help but root for those crazy kids, even though we know that they're going to be like Adam's henchmen in the future, but we, you know, still like kind of always been pulling for uh, two characters who seem to have pretty, I don't know if I should say pure motives, but who, who are not caught up in you know, all kinds of drama and backstabbing. I, I don't know. I just, I really like them as a couple. I always kind of pulled for them. It was shocking though, that to, to see them going at it upstairs where, you know, it was Ulrich and, and Hannah uh, in season one. Well, and not much was left to the imagination, I guess is what I'm really getting at. No. And then when we take that in conjunction with Hannah's pregnancy, Clearly, her baby is going to be important. We don't know how yet, but I don't feel as if Yante Frisia and Baron Bo Odar just threw in a gratuitous sex scene, and then later the two of them go at it again in the bunker for no reason, because they know their fans don't need that to right. to to buy into the show. So there's got to be something else there. Uh, I mean, I don't know if there's something else there beyond the just the kind of the 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 switch up on you. You know, you like are we're walking through this like Jonas, right? We're walking through like okay, I remember what happened in season one, episode one. So let's go here, and then you know, it's kind of the same thing, but everything's just a little different, right? Like. Hana is no longer living in the Conwell place. Well, because there's no Conwalds. It's now, you know, Katarina's place. It's now the Nielsen home. Right. Um, and instead of Ulrich and Hana going out upstairs, it's Magnus and Francisca. So, you know, I, I, so I'm not sure if there's more to read into it than just the, you know, th- sh- throwing us off a little bit by shaking it up and, and showing us the, this world is similar but not the same you know okay now fred might have to address this although i'm not sure his genetic education extends to multiverses but there's no real genetic connection between jonas and alt martha right right well because jonas doesn't exist right so you know but yeah there's another crazy couple we root for at least yeah true true oh yeah no doubt, but he's got this this Killian clown. Uh, yeah, you know, like I feel bad for this character because you like I already don't like him, but there's no reason why he seems like an okay guy actually. But he's like with Martha, Martha, and, and that's that's not right. Right now, you know, you've already mentioned a few of the mirrored situations that we see, and we'll certainly talk about a lot of them. Some maybe are important. Some are just there. We've got rain constantly in Winden. We've got mist in Alt Winden. <laughs> so again, don't right. know what that means, but yeah, no. Um, know. You know, when I have it in my notes, the fact that they take thirteen minutes 
at the beginning to establish that this is the alternate world. You know, we get that exterior shot of Jonas's house. And then once we're inside, we realize, nope, as you said, it's the Nielsen home. And, and Alt Martha wakes from that dream, comes down, opens the fridge, takes out the bottle of milk, smells it just the same way that Jonas does in season one. Uh, Mickle's at the table eating. And, you know, I was thinking, has Mickle, the actor, outgrown his usefulness? Because that's well, the problem when you've got kids his age and Elizabeth the same yeah. way. Yeah. Well, but, you know, at least, well, in this case, you're right. Like, because these events, well, you know, with time travel, it's all relevant, you know. Sure. Um, but Mickle is definitely older. I assume it's the same actor. We don't really get to see his face very much. I think but, it is. Um, but, you know, they kind of cover that because, you know, Magnus says, well, he's old enough to watch himself. So this Mickle is older than his counterpart. In- or or is it just a different scenario? I mean, look, you know, you've got kids and, and I'm sure your parents left you and your sisters alone at a much younger age then you would leave your children alone. Yeah, that's probably true. Because just the times have changed, you know. Yeah. You know, the parenting has changed for whatever reason. We're not going to obviously talk about that. But, uh, you know, we we mentioned the sex scene between Francesca and Magnus, and then she puts on a hoodie, leaves through Mm -hmm. the window, just just like Ulrich. I'm like, all right, this is freaking cool. I love this. Martha (laughs) grabs the yellow jacket. Uh, because it's going to rain. But, you know, the thing about Ulrich in Winden 2 is that not only is he divorced from Katarina, he's now married to Hannah, who's ready to give birth any day, and he's having an affair with Charlotte. Yeah. That's On the one really, hand, really I'd bad. say he's worse than his Winden 1 counterpart, but we haven't seen this one try to bash in the head of a nine-year-old yet. Well, you know, according to yeah. the trailer, we're, we're going to get a chance, I think. Well, the, uh, that good point. The, <laughs> so we will see that. But just you know, one thing about, um, you know, Mickle, because I just wanted to mention this. You know, at least they, they put in, like, some effort to, like, kind of explain it. When Magnus says he's old enough to not need a babysitter, we get the feeling, okay, maybe just this Mickle is older than the, his counterpart in the other world. But a show that completely unsuccessfully tried to pull that off was Babylon Berlin in season three, where they have like the same actors playing the kids, but it's like filmed it three years later. So even though the action of the TV show is just like, I think like it, it takes place right in the heels of season two. Now all the, the kids are supposed to be like nine years old, but they're like 15 and it just it's just ridiculous you know i'm like at some point you just gotta cut your loss and say all right we gotta just get another actor you know like you you can't i mean the kid like it's still like what 19 you know 29 or whatever you know so it's it's the same year that the the season two took place but the kid is you know like a foot taller now or something so okay now we got some new character motifs of course the cleft lip trio that burned the office destroying time travel or so it would seem we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit you mentioned killian obendorf 
does he replace Mickle in the Scooby gang? I mean, it seems that way that then, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, we were expecting him to get, to get captured or to get taken back to 1986. Well, there's still time. And I, and I wonder whether but, he. But is there though? Well, okay. I don't know. Now you also mentioned. I mean, uh, like they, they, their window of opportunity was that night, right? That's when Mickle and, and no one got, went back. Everyone ran away from the caves. Everyone escaped. Well, that's true. Now, you also mentioned Regina, and in this world, she has died three months earlier. So whether or not that has an impact, we assume it'll have some kind of an impact, but that remains to be seen. Alexander gives him a a certain level, an increased level of gravitas that he didn't have back in Winden 1.0. Yeah. Now, needless to say, I'm almost certain we're both giving this episode an A. And for an episode that covers so many different storylines within, you know, a, a 55 minute period, it just kudos to the writers and, and they just do a phenomenal job. But obviously one of the stories is Jonas navigating alternate Winden and, you know, we see him leave that cave, it's misty, and right away we notice that the two chairs are on the opposite side. So yeah. it's- Well, and there's two of them. Yeah. It, like before there was just one. Oh, right, right, right. So it's the same, but not the same. Right. And, you know, he walks away, he immediately goes home, which is, of course, the smart thing to do, orient yourself, enters to find the breakfast remnants, and I'm thinking, well- Hannah never made breakfast. <laughs> so, no. um, and that's when he notices the family photo with Ulrich torn off. Disoriented, he goes up to his bedroom and it's changed. The bed's now on the right side. And he hones in on that photo of Bartosh, Martha, and her new boyfriend, Killian. And, you know, on the, on the one hand, given everything he's experienced, I'm a little surprised that some of this disorients him. Exactly. Like he's going through this like a rookie, you know, like he's he's acting like this is his first rodeo. He's just walking the class, staring at Martha creepily, asking people what year it is. You know what year it is, man. Come on. Am I the only one that thinks that teacher looks like Robert Downey Jr.? Um, I don't know if you remember. Next time you watch it, if you well, watch I, it, but uh, yeah, no, I, I know who Robert Downey Jr. is, but yeah. I, I did not think that. Though, no, okay. I did think it was weird that a on the first day back from a break, he's making some kid get up there and talk about black holes, and b that some random kid just comes into his classroom. He's just like, "All right, have a seat." Again, so, either it's just because of television, or in Europe, you can just do whatever the f you want when you're in school. Yeah, and I mean, I guess if it is the first day back, you know, the teacher checks his role. Nope, you're not on here, so, so that maybe he got you know a, a new class list, whatever. Yeah, so at which point, be like, yeah. go back to the office and get a, a note, kid. You're not staying in here. I don't know who right, the heck but, you are. Get out of here. But he's eyeballing Martha, and, and you know she's turning slowly and to try to get into her head uh, her boyfriend's in that class so of course you you don't want to turn around and you know look at this other good-looking guy that's just come in there but did you notice when he looks at his hands 
and he sees the blood, which for oh. me is verification for him that he's not dreaming or crazy. So, you know, he, he knows that the Martha he knows was shot and killed and that, that it's her blood that's on his hands, literally not metaphorically in this case. Right. So. Yeah. And it's literally a couple minutes after that happened. So I right, guess maybe exactly. there is some excuse because he did just see her get killed and he was just abandoned in an alternate universe. So, but then again, like I said, he's been through this before. He should handle it with a little bit more panache than he did. Well, well, yeah. yeah. And, and he tells Martha in the classroom, you haven't told me yet why we're here. And, and of course she has no idea what he's talking about. And as the audience, we have enough experience to, say, ah, okay, so she's going to have to learn all of the things we learned in seasons one and two, and we're going to get to watch how that unfolds. Jonas asks the teacher, and, and again, we've seen this how many times in Dark, what day is it? What right. year is it? Yeah. <laughs> like, and in the yeah, Terminator. You okay, son? <laughs> uh, what'd you think about the scene in which he runs into hannah in the hallway at the school yeah so i watched it in in english and german both i think maybe it's a little bit better because the word in german is mama which of course in in english is is a word too but it connotes you know it's like something a little kid would call uh, a parent right mama or papa and so while i know that that word in german is just mom generically but to hear it like that to my american ears makes me feel it it, it kind of gets me a little bit because it's almost like he's reverting to being that little kid seeing his mom pleadingly saying mom and she has she doesn't know who he is right so that's the thing he you know again going back to come on jonas you know come on man <laughs> you know you 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 should have picked up on this much quicker that you don't exist in this world Mickle right. is still there. Like, They're in your house. You don't exist, bro. Well, it's difficult to not conjure up images of it's a wonderful life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and we know that his motive is to take himself out of the timeline, right? And right. and that that's going to save the world, or so he thinks. Yep. So, you know, it's interesting to see him in that regard i mean he addresses her as mom and and of course she has no idea who he is and and uh you know he moves on but we also get that scene where he and martha are talking about the familial connections and and of course you know he fills in the fact that you know my father's divorced and he's married to hannah and yeah he just just walks right into that one too you know like Dude, and, and then you got to play a little bit close to the vest, man. Right. <laughs> well, because he's staring at her, he's following her. Like, what the hell? Come on, Jonas. Like, dude. Yeah, but you know, there's also that sense that we see in her eyes that there's something that she knows that she doesn't know. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's like there's a recognition, but she doesn't understand why there's a recognition at this point and whether it has something to do 
with her nightmare, we don't know yet. Right. Um, now, we get that exterior shot of the church, and, and Jonas is there. That's Peter, right? That's yeah. the pastor. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, at first I was certain it was him, and then as the episode went on, I was less certain. So, And we saw uh, him you know, earlier— fr- because uh, Charlotte goes and shows up to see um, Helga, whose eye is bashed in now, not his ear. And Peter's there, and she just basically, you know, walks in and walks out. You know, it's like. <laughs> right. So, so he lives at home rather than in a facility in, in this alternate world. Well, um, do we know? I mean, it, I don't know. I thought he was in a facility still. And that Peter no, I was. I thought that was their home. I. Um, I don't know. Okay. I got the impression that well, he was in a, a, like a place that Pierre was visiting him, and then Charlotte shows up and maybe sees that Peter's there, and so she leaves right away. Okay, all right. Well, you know that makes sense. Um, I mean, I guess the other thing that this scene gives Jonas and the audience is is the verification that. Mickle never traveled back. Michael Conweld never committed suicide. Never existed. Never existed and is not buried here. There is a Daniel Conweld who is uh, Ines's father. Is he? And he's buried there. What's that? Is he? I thought so. do, Do we know that from before? I think we know that from before. Do we? But oh, okay. Well, we'll ta- we'll table that one. We can look because, that one up. Because uh, there was the one time in season one where she says how she had a child already. And because the, the second time I watched this, oh my God, I got like three pages of notes. How the hell am I going to find one thing in here? Um, oh my God, my notes are all over the place. <laughs> um, but I, I was I was wondering... Is that? Oh no! No, oh, Daniel Conwall died in 1964. Yeah, no, it can't be. Okay, sorry. So probably, yeah, probably her dad. Yes. Okay. Because I was thinking that um, maybe that was the the child, but you know, maybe it, it, you know potentially, I guess, because she she's in 1986. If she's 30 years old, then she would have been. In 1956, she would have been no. Okay, probably not. Probably. Well, the thing that also comes out though of this scene is that Peter tells Jonas he feels as if he's seen him before. So now it's got me thinking: Is this a situation where there is some bleed through of the adjacent worlds? Does Peter Doppler somehow know some of Peter's memories from Wind and One. I mean, we don't have any evidence of that yet, but the fact that Jonas doesn't exist in their world, why would he, you know, have a sense that, you know, he's seen him before. Now, the title of the episode is Deja Vu, and, right. and you know, we could do a whole podcast about <laughs> You know how that ties into this episode. So, well, I'll tell I, you how it ties in. I don't think they have the Matrix in this world. Is how it ties in because Martha looks well, all kinds of confused when uh, when Jonas says a glitch in the Matrix. She's like, "What?" I'm like, 
at least you have to recognize that that's from the Matrix, the movie. Like, does this world? What kind of place is this without the Matrix? Well, it's abomination. I'll just say, I'll just say that the person sitting on the couch down in my family room watching TV would probably show no recognition if I <laughs> said that. So I'll just leave it at that. All right. uh, now, now we also get the introduction of Alt Martha and the Scooby Gang. I mean, certainly we we met Alt Martha in a more advanced form at the end of season two but we see her riding her bike to school through the mist and i think we talked about this at the time all of these high school kids riding bikes to school i guess that's a european thing yeah well probably a place where you know you have a a fairly populous area that uh you know where you know kids people kids uh, you know we we see everything in terms of america where everything is just so spray out and far away from each other you know that that there are a lot of countries in the world where you know people live close enough that they can you know walk or bike to most of the things that they want to do like our man fred right Right. now you know the whole thing about the yellow jacket as a symbol and i mean on the one hand we associate the color yellow with cowardice but that's clearly not what we're talking about in the context of dark that yellow can also be seen as representing hope for you know some sort of rebirth and and clearly that's what we, we've got going on here the, the the new world that people want created so whether yeah. it's adam's version or jonas's version old uh-huh. claudio's ver- you know whatever version it is you know that's certainly going on here but we see the the missing posters for eric so that gives us a little bit of balance that okay so a lot's different but this is the same so you know that that certainly gives us some you know sense of security Mm -hmm. but i also found the the relationship between martha and magnus interesting because you know, I don't. There was a lot more teasing, it seems, in this well, world than in the other. Again, we see it in the very beginning of episode one of season one, but not after that because their little brother's missing, right? So well, that's true. Again, but- this is a world where that hasn't happened, so they can continue to interact with each other in a pretty lighthearted manner because they don't have that specter of their brother's disappearance hanging over them. Well, that's true, and and I guess what what got me really was the little mini speech she gives him about education being the way out of Winden. Yeah, it's a bit pedantic. And, uh, yeah, and, and you know him just ah, uh, you know I'm just here to have a good time or whatever. And then we're introduced to that idea that her boyfriend Killian is the brother, I guess older brother, and he looks older. Mm. Uh, of the missing eric and i don't know that we knew eric had a brother in i don't Wind think he one did. i mean i don't remember him being mentioned we certainly never saw him whether that's going to be a factor i i still think we need to keep an eye on him as a member of the scooby gang and even though he didn't disappear in the woods this time you know because you know we see martha fall right and the classic horror movie trope but then nobody grabs her. Nobody takes her into the cave. She gets up, reunites with the group, and everything's fine. I'm like, 
Okay. Well, yeah, well, because she's that's... she's the stand-in for Jonas, right? So that's what happened to him. He fell, except she wasn't in charge of it. You know, there was no little kid that she was in charge of or anything. So that's the whole time, like, well, who the heck's going to disappear? I mean, it seems like Killian is the best option, but he's the one who actually comes back, grabs her hand, and takes her away from the cave rather than what happened in, you know, the in in Windu 1.0 is, you know, Jonas comes back, grabs Mikkel's hand, and leads him back to the cave. Now, we're reintroduced to Martha acting in the play Ariadne, and I'm pretty sure it's the same lines that we saw in the first go-round. And let me just take us back, though, to the beginning of this episode and that voiceover. And I'm assuming now, in retrospect, that's older Alt-Martha basically asking the fundamental question, if you knew what the outcome of your life was going to be, would you do things differently? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then she says, well, would we even be able to, because we are being guided by this invisible hand. And right when she says that the camera locks on, uh, Jonas's portrait. Right. And then of course the, the dialogue from Ariadne, one destiny fate linked to the next, you can't untie the knot, but you can cut through it. And then that, that, inference that there is somebody out there trying to cut through the thread and again whether that's adam old claudia while she was still alive and and now jonas uh, it's not clear but but obviously we're questioning whether or not it's fate or free will i I mean to if we really want to boil it down to uh, i guess those two elements so well, right. I mean, and there's also the the Schopenhauer quote at the beginning that oh, says, that was "Man can do what he wills, but he cannot will what he wills." So it's this idea that people, you know, have the choice of free will, but that we are still subject to our own desires or motivations or whatever, which was actually kind of a big theme in uh, season two, like this idea that. That, that people are kind of slaves to their their emotions and their desires. Now, we re-enter the bunker, and again, this is familiar territory, but... Familiar, yet Francis- unfamiliar. <laughs> yeah. Magnus <laughs> finds Francisco waiting, and they continue where they left off that morning, and that's where we get the reveal that, oh, she's deaf. Yeah. And that gives us some great scenes when the Scooby gang is together and forgive me for continuing to refer to them that way, which is an obvious allusion to Buffy and the vampire slayer, but they really strike me that way is that there's something being said within the group that clearly she can't hear. And she asks him what was said. And he says something like nothing, never mind, And she's like, wax him. Right. That no, You've done this before. Don't do it again. And I just well, love you know, that. What's more disconcerting is seeing Francisca signing to hearing Ellie speak. I almost fell on the floor. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And, and But it leads me to wonder whether any of this is going to impact that Charlotte Elizabeth conundrum where Elizabeth is her daughter and her mother. So is that going to play out the same way or, 
you know, will there be something, uh, you know, something else? Well, the, you know, this, the Charlotte in this world is out of all the characters in this world, the one who seems so different is is Charlotte. She is just seems like literally a completely different person than who she is in Wind in 1.0. Well, right. And we don't know yet whether her husband, Peter, is the same and, and that their uh, marital relationship has evolved in the same way in Wyndon two, you know, we don't know that yet, but you know, well, you, you know, in, in the first one, Peter was cheating on her with, uh, with, with Benny. Right. And now, um, you know, she's cheating on him. You know, he's the pastor. We assume he's not involved in any you know, scandalous affairs. So, well, we don't know yet, but uh, we don't know. But you know, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Okay. Now, you mentioned the glitch in the matrix phrase. So we get that scene where Martha's, you know, going to the bridge to you know meet the rest of the gang, but Jonas is waiting for her, and he starts to explain how we know each other in another time. You've seen this before, deja vu or glitch in the matrix. And, you know, you said that she doesn't react. I would argue that it's all in her eyes that I almost was expecting a tear to start, you know, going down her cheek because there did seem to be some sort of a reaction. And the fact that she doesn't say anything verbally, you know, we we just said Jonas has seen too much to be this disoriented. She hasn't seen anything. So, you know, if she's afraid of this guy that's just shown up in her world, that's a lot more understandable than, you know, than what we see out of him. That said, I just feel like there's some sort of a reaction from her. She just has no idea why, you know, she's she's reacting that way. Now, the rest of the Scooby gang shows up and, of course, Jonas blurts out, where's Mickle? Uh, you know, well, the babysitter was sick and, you know, that he came along. Yeah. And, of course, Magnus is like, how do you know my brother? What are you, some, you know, creepo stalker? But, you know, he's got yeah, the history. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> well, yeah. what he is. Well, yeah. But, uh, you know, so we, so we already talked about, um, you know, the, the fact that she gets separated from the group. Magnus's story about the cave monster and the experiments done just after the war. Anything we need to worry about there? We assume World War II, but could it be World War One? Because, um, well, well, right. Because I mean, well, you know, right after World War One is when they start constructing the caves, right? Right, or digging the tunnels in there. So I, I think I assume that that's what he was talking about yeah so i mean whether it's after world war one or world war two like you said that's when they start constructing a cave but are, are these just folk tales that have you know grown up in the Winden community um well I, I think every i mean everyone has stories like this and we've talked about before how every community has the uh, the haunted house or the place you can't go near because you know old man mccutcheon's gonna get you um, or whatever. So, uh, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a fairly common trope of, of childhood that there's a, a creepy house in the neighborhood that, uh, or 
some, you know, like a creepy feature, like woods or a cave or something like that. Now, before we leave the woods, though, we, we've got to address the woman covered in black oil. I mean, that's what we thought when we saw that back in season one. And I think then we consider, well, maybe it's black paint because in season one, it was right. pretty certain that it was Michael Conwald and knowing that he was a painter. But, you know, the, the other thing that I, I think we need to consider is that it could be black ink. And it certainly looks a lot more like ink than it does paint, at least to me. And, and it gets me to think, well, well what do you use ink nowadays. for? To write. Well, to write, to communicate. So, Yeah, but not nowadays. Well, but, ink, but- Paper, ink, what? Well, but who is this? Because I paused yeah, it no. and I, I really couldn't figure out who this is. But if Jonas sees Michael Conwald, who is his father- is Martha seeing the woman that's her mother? So we think, we assume Katerina is Alt Martha's mother, <laughs> yeah. but right. I don't. Who knows? I, I don't know about that one, Dave. <laughs> okay, well, I'm just throwing but it I, out there. I, I, yeah, I didn't pause it, so I have no. I can't. You can't I can't tell. I, I just, I'm like, I, yeah, I, I couldn't tell. I watched it twice, and and neither time I could really get any kind of. Of, of feel maybe martha herself i you know I, I don't know right now they reunite after you know running from the noise coming out of the cave which we know is somebody traveling down one of the uh, right. cave corridors uh, they go to the bunker and then the tear in the universe opens up and we've certainly seen this before and dead Mads Nielsen plops on the floor. And, and again, I find it interesting that everybody cowers in the background, except Martha, she goes right up, opens a jacket, finds his ID. Yep. He's dead. Is this her uncle? Right. And they, they, they cut away before we get any kind of, you know, answer to that. Right. You know, so, so when she says Mads Nielsen, there does seem to be recognition, but, Again, is it because it's her father's brother or is it just because because we don't necessarily know that their family name is Nielsen, do we? I don't know that we've actually heard it. Right, true. Yeah, that that's that's a that's a good point. Um yeah, I mean obviously we just assume but uh yeah, maybe not. Yeah. So now the other storyline we got going is Alt Martha's mission, and we don't know exactly what it is, which obviously is what makes Dark so great, at, or one of the things that makes it so great. We we get that return to the final season two scene uh, where she shows up. Jonas's Martha is lying dead on the floor. She jumps him to the alternate world. And, and then, I think they travel by flu powder, actually. Yeah. I'll make this right, I promise. And then she jumps away. and Which I, is exactly the same thing that Jonas said to her, or promised to her, um, you know, when she was killed. Right. Now, I will say we were right when we talked about the trailer that that was 1888. And Well, and you were right. I okay. doubted it. But you okay. said, so you were right. Hats off to you, man. All you right. nailed it. So, while... Jonas is standing outside the house. He's approached by 
that older woman, I've waited for this moment for so long for you to come back. And, and right away we know it's, it's older Alt Martha. I thought the bangs were a bit of overkill as if we wouldn't make that connection right right with, without the bangs well especially since they confirm it like you know two yeah. seconds later so. now i guess if that's my biggest criticism <laughs> of this episode then then we're doing okay but she lays out for him again things that we've pieced together but the character of jonas hasn't necessarily connected yet that he was never born in this world, a world without you. Isn't that what you wanted? And, and again, it goes back to George Bailey and a wonderful life. Yep. And whether this is going to turn out to be you know, this German version of that tale, I hope not. I hope they've got a, 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 a cool twist. Right. Not that I don't love It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Great Hello, movie. you old nuclear power plant. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, she tells him that this world's going to experience the same thing as his world because of you and because of me. And he, again, we can't get away from that Adam and Eve connection and how far that's going to play out. I'm assuming it's going to play all the way to the end of the series. And dude, getting back to what I said at the beginning about not knowing if I could hold off watching more than one episode in, in a right. week. I mean, everywhere you freaking go on the internet, the ending of dark explained the, yeah, I mean, yeah. See, we're going to get the, spoiled. That's the, exactly. That's, that's what is going to break me and, is the fact that, uh, that there's already, I'm already seeing things, you know, best ending of any sci-fi show ever. I'm like, Oh, okay. Spoilers. Hello. <laughs> well, I, th- I think we're justifying the fact that we're gonna. Yeah, we 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 have we've time traveled to the future, have witnessed our own weakness, and now are retroactively uh, setting our audience up for it. Sounds good. Now <laughs> we get that exterior shot of the compound. The gate bears the name Tan House. It's raining, and Martha, two or Alt Martha. And she's got that cut on her face, enters, we're shown the date, September 21st, 1888. And of course, she's in modern clothes, enters to find the advanced electric gear. And we're in that lab that we talked about in the trailer. Right. Addresses the scientist working as Jonas. He turns around and it's, of course, the adult Jonas that we know. And she's in the other Winden and... I feel like because it's raining, we know that it's the other Winden. Uh, of course, we know it's the other Winden, you know, for other reasons a- as well. Do we? Well, I, I, I think, well, this is adult Jonas. I mean, this Jonas, right. so, so did but she? But he's also, he, he, doesn't rec- he, doesn't, he doesn't recognize Martha. He doesn't recognize no. Martha. He's surprised. You're alive, he says. Well, because he assumes it's the Martha that he knows, but he, he doesn't he met, know she got shot, but he met this Martha. He's older than he was when he met this Martha, this Martha came and rescued him right after Martha was shot. Uh, okay. I see where, I see where you're headed, right? but so now we get He's into older the, than, than Jonas. Who's, 
putzing about in the alt world. Uh, yeah, but it's the that's the, his, it's the two Jonases, you know, the the teenage Jonas, the adult Jonas, and uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Right, I, but, but I that, wonder that, that guy, that adult Jonas, has experienced, every, you know, has been able to predict everything the younger Jonas was doing because he knew what he was doing, but maybe when Jonas gets pulled to the other world, somehow yes. he can't, Yes, he doesn't have that memory. That's, I, I think that's the only reasonable explanation. Well, and, there's no reasonable explanation. Well, yeah. <laughs> We're talking about trying time travel, but, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Right. That's the well, one thing, like as, as far as my predictions is, is what, you know, what is, what, what's the deal? Cause he definitely should remember her. Right. Right. He's older and, than his younger self. Who's already met her. Well, but he doesn't know. Well, she tells him then I'm not your Martha. I came here to help you find the origin. And I guess then we make the connection that, that when Jonas takes Magnus, Francesca and Bartosh from 2020, he took them to 1888. So somewhere right. in 1888, the other thing, and we've kind of danced around this, the alternate world marital relationships, and right away we see Ulrich walking into the bedroom. We see a sleeping Hannah. Uh, you know, we mentioned he'd been to the bakery, and he says he was late because of the line, but we later learn he was late because he was sleeping with Charlotte. Um, oh, it's a, yeah, right, right, right. And, yeah, and That was confirmed. Right. She's way pregnant. And, and, and again, I mentioned before, the, the implications of the child that she's going to give birth to, I mean, have, has to be important. And I assume when we start looking at 2053 in Wyndon 2, their child is going to be important. So uh, again, it takes us back to, remember Future Girl? The one that, yep. mm-hmm. sure. so we never really sure. did establish her identity, her we parentage. No she never even heard her name, right? Right. So it'll be interesting to to see. Uh, and, and then we well, get the, that the, great- I just need to take this this moment because okay. to, to to mention because you know before Hannah was the the other woman, and um, you know we see you know uh, Katarina. Uh, picks the hair off the sweatshirt, then smells it. Uh, her suspicions obviously are are aroused, and we get the same thing now. You know, with Hannah, I was like, "No way!" She pulled it. Oh, Ulrich, really? Like, come on, man. You know? well, well, and then like, when and then when Hannah goes to school right. to confront Katarina about Ulrich and the kids, and it's really not not as much a confrontation as. Almost uh, an admission that, you know, I understand I'm going to stay out of the way. And, and I love Katarina's response to that. But when but, she yeah, then, when, when she okay, says, she, did, did Ulrich come over this morning? He wanted to bring something to the kids. That look on Katarina's face, like, uh, so he's lying to you too. Yep. 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 Karma's a bitch. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Cause, uh, well, you know, I mean, obviously, Hannah is has some suspicions, right? And so she goes to Katarina as almost a, a hoping beyond hope that that's where he was, that Katarina will just confirm, say, oh, yeah, he stopped by to see the kids. That's not the case. And Katarina knows it. She's just like, oh, yeah. 
right? That's right. Not so great now when you're the one who's going around banging someone else, right? Now, we see Waller's got both eyes. And, you know, at the beginning, if you think back to when we were talking about his character in season one, where we were calling him Patchy, because I don't think we ever heard his name mentioned. Oh, boy, I'm glad we know his name is Waller, because I shudder to think what yeah, we're not going there. You yeah, know, we won't go there. We're, we're um, progressive podcast here, but right. but yeah, you know he's missing an, an arm now rather than the eye. But what hasn't changed is he's the guy who just gets shit on all the time around the station, right? Right, right. And you know whether that has anything to do with anything. You know now this one can see more of what's going on than the other one. Who knows? But oh, the, nice. The cleft lip trio, and, and again, they're unidentified in the credits. Mm-hmm. I think they're just called unknown older guy or something like that. But you know that voiceover that we we mentioned earlier about would you do things differently if you knew what the outcome was going to be? We get that opening visual where I guess that's Adam's office. It's and, totally Adam's office. Okay, yeah. and there's papers that have been lying there for a while because when he picks up right. the one, you can see the dust. the dust. Off. Yep. Um, and then he picks up the diagram for the time travel device, and then they set everything on fire. So is this supposed to be? We know the damage that time travel has done and can do, and by God, we're going to get rid of it yeah no i don't know i don't i don't know what the deal except for the fact that i I was a little disappointed because from the trailer like nothing surprised me like i knew everything that was going to happen oh here these guys are they're going to burn down the office and they did so that was kind of a that was kind of a bummer but it wasn't that it's not really that big of a deal it wasn't well, a major plot point or yeah anything but like you know that. i think we both learned something that that's the last time I want to do a trailer. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, you know, it was fun. It was. But yeah, there was, but but and, and actually, hats, well, but hats off to you know the the people involved with it by taking pretty much most of the images from the trailer came from the very first episode, and it was not necessarily really anything that was like super spoilery, but they, they definitely were some spoilers there too more 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 than to my liking absolutely but um yeah like you know what is the deal with those three guys Uh, i mean what's the deal with killing burn doppler right and was a burn doppler 1.0 or or 2.0 well that's a good point we don't know whether this is alt winden or not you're right exactly we assume it's, he's he's got kind of a, a a funky phone, but he's wealthy, so he might have something like that. But that was the only thing that would might make me think that it was Alt Winden. But and also because sorry, isn't go this going to be 1986 though? Well, it's 1987 or 87. So it's I mean the the last time we saw Burned was when he was you know kind of revealing. Uh, his evil plot to uh, to Claudia about what they do with nuclear waste and everything. So apparently at this time, it seems like maybe Claudia has taken over 
and is he retired now? And so, you know, we never really heard of what happened to Byrne after his retirement. Right. Okay. But we definitely never heard that he was strangled in his wheelchair in his house. Right. So, and yeah. and they want the master key to the power plant that he's kept hidden. So, all right. Uh, the, then the last thing I want to mention is, is the investigation into Eric's disappearance in the power plant. And we've kind of, you know, mentioned most of this already, but we see old Helga. And as you said, his ear is fine, but he's missing an eye. And is that going to be at the hands of Ulrich? Probably, but it will happen again. TikTok, it will happen again. So again, we know from our experience that he's referring to a young child being abducted again by somebody that's experimenting with a time travel device. But then when he's talking to young Elizabeth, the beginning is the end. The end is the beginning. Knowing what we know now, is this some sort of a reference to the Charlotte Elizabeth mother daughter thing? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, well, everything, you know, that we've seen, everything goes in cycles, right? And they're caught in these like loops that where everything, the things in the future create and cause the things in the past that then bring about the things in the future. Uh, Anything else you want to bring up before we uh, move on to the feedback? Well, a, a couple things. Well, all right. For one main thing is, first of all, Mickle dressed like Holden Caulfield, right? Okay. Uh, I feel like that was purposefully done, and that maybe that will even had the red hunting hat, right? Even the right color, so maybe that will play in uh, later. But also, you know, he's Academy says he's been having nightmares, and Marta says. Maybe it wasn't a dream. Maybe the here and now is, and none of us are real. And, you know, I just, man, that line, like, really stuck out to me because now I'm really feeling that aspect of this show, of the, the that not all of this is going to be real or something like that. And, and that the the Shining Twins have kind of, I, I can't say confirmed my suspicions, but makes me more suspicious that that is going to be somehow when this all winds up that that's going to play into it somehow yeah i saw your post on the facebook group to that effect yeah alexander is a lot more less formal right he's not wearing a tie um he's got a more casual sport coat on rather than a, a suit uh he's sporting the beard so i don't you know again he's two months of of into mourning at this point so is that part of it? I don't know. But that was just something I noticed. Okay. But, um, uh, well, you know, one thing I wanted to bring up that I forgot is the apple when the cleft lip trio are in Burns' house and, and the younger version, you know, sees the basket there, picks an apple out. And, and again, if we're buying into the Adam and Eve motif, then the apple certainly represents right. temptation sure yeah, yeah 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 but who's being tempted by what um and just like the you know the tan house has this like that's the estate right that's that's a example of wealth right there i guess that's a, another reason why i thought it might be the alt world because you never got that feeling that tan house was a member of the aristocracy but that house you know they have a, a big wrought iron gate with their name in it. and of course it is 
1888, which is considerably, I mean, it's before World War One and Two, and a lot of people in Germany, their fortunes were, you know, changed uh, by those two events. Um, so, so yeah, I guess I should back off and saying that it's it's because it, that's not you know he, clearly his family could have been very wealthy before, but then after the wars, not at all. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that that's the thing there and everything. And what's Jonas doing all the way back there? Yeah, because they have a, a suitcase that he can, if they you know wanted to leave 1888, they easily could. Though they would need the cesium. I don't know if they have that. Um, and just again, like with Hannah, um, again, even though she obviously caused Katarina and Ulrich to become divorced, you feel sorry for her now. You know, she he's out there making out with Charlotta as the dead birds are flopping onto their, their car. And she comes home to the empty house. She's by herself. And she's really starting to maybe see what, what's going to be the, the course of this relationship, you know? All right. You good? I'm good. All right. So let's go ahead and move over to listener feedback. And we want to start with uh, an email from Karen from Colorado, who we mentioned is our newest Patreon supporters. And she says, hi, guys. I recently discovered your podcast and have been thoroughly enjoying it. Thank you so much for your thoughtful, deep dives. I've been listening to your dark series in preparation for the third season coming out, and I just wanted to offer you a gentle note regarding the term transvestite. It's actually considered a slur and a quite offensive term. The correct term is transgender or trans for short. Though we don't really know how Wohler's sibling identifies, trans would most likely be a better term. Additionally, the term sex worker is a preferred term over hooker or prostitute. Thanks so much for taking the time to read my feedback. Keep up the great work. Karen, it was probably me that used the T word, and, and you're absolutely correct. I mean, it's even from an accuracy standpoint, even just leave out the considered uh, offensive, it's just not accurate. And I would say, based on the information we have about Benny, she seems to identify as a woman. Seems like it, yes. Right. I mean, we don't know for sure. I I suppose it it could well, end up. Uh, yeah, she's she's getting um, she's she's getting the uh, I, thought, I can't remember what kind of medicine that Francisca has given her the um, hormone prescriptions therapy. for. Right, hormone therapy. So it seems like she's transitioning there. So. Right. So um, you know, so again, Benny was one of those characters that. It was difficult to figure out her importance to the overall story. I mean, certainly the tractor trailer with the yellow drums was parked next to her trailer for a while. And, you know, did she play some kind of a role almost let's like keep an eye on things for me? You know, we don't really see that at all. Um, but then the term sex worker over a hooker or a prostitute i mean of, of course and and that's probably again that was probably me and you know I guess, I guess my only excuse would be that prostitution isn't legal in the united states i guess outside of well uh, but i mean what we could say Vegas. is we'll, we'll we'll be better from here on out well yeah but but the first you know cer certainly benny is transgender or you know but uh yeah. regardless karen thank you so much and and you know all of you guys i mean 
hopefully you know you can bring this kind of stuff to our attention if uh, we do something that deserves to be attended to. We'll, I'll just leave it at right. that. So. Right, yeah. And, and yeah, we don't get like all huffy and like, oh, how dare you correct? It's like, yeah, I mean, point well taken. I mean, this is especially something that even though I am not as far advanced in years as Dave is, um, <laughs> these are still things that um, – you know that that uh, we're evolving or growing. You know, and and we uh, want to be better, and we certainly want to be uh, mindful of all of our audience. And so, you know, we we will take take the uh, the the reminder, and we will you know we'll do better. Uh, Definitely, we will do better. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, let's hear what Fred's got for us this week, and then we'll be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne, and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Dark, Season 3, Episode 1. First off, I want to come back to last week's podcast about the trailer. In the section, What Are We Watching?, Wayne was telling about his experience with the first episode of Perry Mason. The other thing was last night I watched Episode 1 of Perry Mason. Oh, dude, I was just going to bring that up. So how was it? Yeah, I, I liked it. It was one of those shows that went by quicker than I thought. And when it was done, I was surprised at how quickly it had gone by. So, I actually had the opposite experience. I watched this with my wife, which is actually quite rare. Normally, we only watch 8 o'clock news together. And furthermore, two or three series of which we watch one episode a month or something like that. Like The Crown or Californication. But we both thought it was very slow, too dark, too bloody... I thought it was filmed in a quite nice manner, though, in the sense of cinematography, and I liked the 20s, 30s as atmosphere, anyhow. And a big bummer for me was, of course, that Tatiana Maslany, the reason why I watched this, was not in the first episode. But, according to IMDb, she will pop up in the second episode. One other topic I want to address from the trailer is that you discussed the handle that was switched in a mirror-like fashion by an old and a younger hand. And Wayne said, how can you compare these? It are just hands. Okay, Wayne, a little experiment. I take a picture of 20 hands of 20 people you know very well, and I just showed you the hands. Then I'm sure you can identify those 20 people. I'm really sure of that. And that's not because I'm a geneticist and look a lot at bodies and body parts and dysmorphology features. And just as the typecasting they do so very well in dark with faces of younger and older persons, they also did a very nice typecasting of these two hands. And that's why we have the impression it could be the same person, just younger and older. Okay, let's discuss episode one. The first grand topic I want to discuss is the mirroring in the alternative world. Well, of course, everybody noticed several moments of mirroring. For instance, Marta waking up in her room at the, well, what is in World 1, the Conwald house. You see that Marta's bed is exactly opposite of Jonas's bed in the same room, actually. And as said in my feedback for the trailer, the power plant's cooling towers are also in height just mirrored. But what is very special is that also some of the faces are mirrored. And I will put some pictures on the Facebook page and in my notes to prove this. 
So, for instance, if you compare the face of Alexander Tiedemann or the face of Charlotte, faces are not symmetric. So, if you look for some skin folds or somebody has an eyebrow that is a little higher, most of the faces are mirrored. And I think that is a very difficult thing for the makers, because if you are filming somebody like that and you just mirror it, okay, it's okay. But if you then have in the background something with text, you get a problem with that text because it's then mirrored. So you have to work with a lot of green screens or you just have put text in a mirrored way in the background. And that's one other thing that I think is very strange is that if you switch in this episode from time period, there is indicated which date it is, but there is one date that is written in a mirrored way. Why? Or was that the only switch from the normal universe towards the alternative universe? And I took a screenshot of that and I mirrored it. It's not even mirrored. It's kind of scrambled. I think Dark does a marvelous job with this because it gives a very subtle difference between a person and the person itself, but then mirrored. So you have to feel that something is different, but often you cannot pinpoint down what is different. Very nicely done. And actually, I didn't encounter something like it anywhere. And I think they had a lot of technical problems because of this. Because you have to keep it up for eight episodes. As said, backgrounds with text, etc. all have to be encounted for. For instance, in this episode, Ulrich and Charlotte in the archive. A sentence we obviously have heard before is when Marta says in the beginning of this episode, I will make it right. Of course, we heard that from the stranger or middle-aged Jonas. He tried and tried and didn't succeed. So... Really wonder if this Marta will encounter the same kind of problems. I want to give a compliment to Louis Hoffman. I think Jonas in this new world is completely disorientated and devastated. And I really can imagine that. For instance, the scene where he meets his pregnant mother. He plays this very well. Oh gee, there are so many topics to talk about that I could fill a whole podcast on my own. So I won't. Actually, for my feedback for the trailer, I was way over the permitted amount of time. I had a feedback of 14 minutes and I really had to reduce that. Okay, I will do an inventory of the topics I won't talk about. And then just mention a few I find very important. Okay, a few topics I would have liked to discuss, but there is no time enough. The three males with the cleft. Are they three generations or one person from three different timelines? Why do they burn Adam's office? Why are they killing Baron Doppler? How many Martha's 2.0 are there? One is going to 1888 and the other one is in the woods of 2019. Plus the old one that Jonas is meeting. And will there be a middle-aged Martha 2.0? Which role will the child of Hannah and Ulrich play, if any? Marta is meeting middle-aged Jonas in 8088. What about that? And will Bartois and Magnus and Francesca be there too? And how did they travel to the alternative universe? And just one last remark. I think the typecasting of old Marta is again very darkish. So very good.
Okay, now the stuff I will discuss in more detail. Of course, there are a lot of parallel things and mirrored things. So one of the parallel things, for instance, is Hannah discovering a strange colored hair on Ulrich's sweater, fitting the title of this episode being Déjà Vu. And in this case, I mean Déjà Vu for us as audience. And mirrored things are, for instance, that now Hannah is Ulrich's wife and not Katerina anymore. And that now Francesca is not talking instead of Elizabeth. Which I think is a very nice thing that we now also can hear the actress that plays Elizabeth. One of the other parallel things is is the jobs everybody has. So Charlotte and Ulrich still at the police. Katerina still head of the school. Alexander still head of the power plant. The only exception is Peter. Instead of a psychologist, he is a priest. Why is he the only one with another job? And as said, he is probably very special, although he was quite in the background in the first two seasons, but still there is a big, big question mark because he arrived at Winden in 1987 and he is the so-called son of Helge that nobody believes he really is. But several people speculated, of course, that he was coming from the alternative universe and arriving in 1987 in the normal universe. But seeing him walking around over here, that is not so very plausible anymore. Okay, that was all for now. Greetings, till next time. And Wayne, don't push the play button. Okay. All right, um, you know, before I go on, because I want to make sure... Uh, that I mentioned Fred contacted me and said, hey, I made a mistake in my audio. And really, it wasn't that big a mistake. But he, he is referring to Martha going to 1888, and it's really Alt-Martha. And certainly that's an easy right. mistake to make. But, uh, you know, Fred brings up the question as to whether those three generations that we've been referring to as the cleft lip trio are they the same person at different ages or are they members of the same family? I guess I assume it's one person. Yeah, that's definitely the assumption I'm running with here. So, And, and I don't necessarily have any proof of that other than the cleft lip, which I don't know is whether, whether or not that's genetic. But even if it was genetic, it absolutely, I, I doubt it's 100% it, would, genetic. it would be in the same exact spot on you know, the children. How many Martha twos are there? Well, I mean, that that was what I was getting at when we were talking about why adult Jonas, you know, doesn't remember or, or doesn't know about uh, Martha one. And I mean, at this point, I would say there are two alt Marthas, right? The one that is on a mission that has been shuttling Jonas back and forth and the one that Jonas has now just met that doesn't know what the hell is going on. So I would say at this point there are two. Yeah. Uh, one of them right. is in well, 1888. Yeah. Well, and there's the one that the, the three, I think actually, because there's the one who hasn't started traveling yet. Well, there's the that, older one that talks and then to there's Jonas. The, Right, and then there's the oldest one who we assume is going to be named Eve. So, yeah, I would say at this point, at least three, right? Yeah. 
Okay. Um, you know, and he asks about the the role of Hannah and Ulrich's child, and and I I, I don't know, but it, it's got to be something important. Again, you don't put something like that into the narrative if it's not going to become important. And right. why is Peter the only one with a different profession in the alternate universe? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, and, and you've raised the Peter problem, I guess, if yeah. you will, before that you feel there's something about Peter that's just you know, hanging right. back, yeah. waiting to emerge. And yes, I, I don't know what that is, but I agree with you. Yeah. Well, I don't know what it is either, but I just, it seems like he's somehow he, 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 you know, it's not like it's not right there in your face, but there are certain questions about him and his past that uh, have not been even addressed or answered really. So, yeah, so I, I don't know what it's going to be, Fred, but it's there's got to be a reason that everybody else has the same job except Peter Doppler. Right. So uh, anything else you want to bring up from Fred's feedback? One nice picture of you, Dave, there. <laughs> yeah, that was notes. from... Uh, yeah, fortunately the rest of the world won't see that. Uh, I say that now, Fred's probably already posted it in the Facebook group, but yeah, that probably. was from a... Uh, a video that Michael and I did for the Continuum podcast. Uh, I can't even remember exactly what the content of it was, but it's out on YouTube somewhere. But uh, <laughs> anyway, Fred, thank you for the feedback. Great stuff as always. And uh, and again, Fred's been posting informative information on the Facebook group, uh, like whether it's. Uh, you know, background stuff. Uh, I think he put a family tree up there at one point with pictures. So again, if you haven't joined the Facebook group, make sure you get there. But other than that, I, I think we're pretty much both going solid A, right? Yep. Yep. And, you know, as you've mentioned several times over the last year, if we're giving episodes of Dark an A, how do we justify giving an A to you know, which would ordinarily be seen as pretty good shows. And that's right. why I think we started going heavy on the A minus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's All nice right. To well, have it there. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, we'll leave it there. That will do it for this episode of sci-fi TV rewatch. Want to thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about dark, anything else going on in genre TV. Our email address is sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com. The website is sci-fi TV rewatch.podbean.com. You can go there uh, if you need to. Um, we'll be back next week to discuss season three, episode two of the German Netflix series Dark, titled The Survivors. But until then. You know, it's no matter what happens as we record this, Dave, you know, when you get into the you know the post-production aspect of it and the editing. You know, Dave says this every time at the end of the podcast. He says, Wayne, I promise I'll make this right. <laughs>